Hey, Stingrays fans, Jared Chaffron here with another episode of the Pucktown Podcast. Thanks again for joining me. Hope everyone is doing well uh, during this coronavirus pandemic. Obviously, uh, not a lot of positive things going on in, in sports these days. A lot of cancellations, a lot of uh, things that are changing by the minute. Uh, but we're continuing to bring you the Pucktown Podcast. We've got some great guests lined up to continue kind of looking back and visiting with some people from around the Stingrays and a lot of good things for the Stingrays, I'm sure, will happen in the future. Just going to have to wait a little bit. And we hope everyone is healthy and doing well as we head into another weekend. This week on the podcast, I was able to speak with someone who had my position a while before me, Joey Zakshevsky, joining us, and uh, he was amazing. It was really great to visit with him, obviously currently with the Rockford Ice Hogs. I know a lot of you guys keep up with Joey on social media. He's someone who is not shy about where he came from, very proud to be a Stingray, and was with this team for a while started in 2009 and went with the team all the way until 2015. Uh, a great run for Joey here in, in SC in the 2015 season. He talks about it a little bit. Had a great run to the Kelly Cup Finals for the Stingrays, winning the Eastern Conference that year and a really phenomenal team. The longest winning streak in ECHL history. Joey was behind the mic for so many amazing Stingrays moments throughout the course of his tenure with the team. It was great to catch up with him and learn a little bit more about what he's doing now. Hear a little bit about uh, how he stays in touch with some of those people that he worked with back during those Stingrays teams uh, in the mid-2010s. And uh, he's doing a great job right now for the Rockford Ice Hogs. Obviously also on a pause with uh, both the NHL and AHL still waiting to resume their seasons. And Joey was kind enough to give us a few minutes here on the Pucktown Podcast. Here's our conversation. Joined now on the Pucktown Podcast by Joey Zakshevsky, a guy who has been around Charleston plenty, but hasn't been back for a while now with the Rockford Ice Hogs in the American Hockey League. And uh, Joey, we hope everybody in your in your family is doing well. Hope everything is okay at this time. And uh, it's great to catch up with you, but wish it was uh, under some better circumstances here. Obviously, kind of a, a crazy time right now. Yeah, it really is. And great to catch up with you, Jared. I know we were just talking a little bit off uh, Mike, there. It's the first time that you and I have really been able to catch up, too. But, uh, I mean, I guess that's what a moment like this kind of allows you to do is catch up with friends and family that you might not get those opportunities. And lo and behold, here we are. But, no, everything everything is safe and sound here. I know everybody's kind of, you know, staying at home across the board and, and working from home, too. Same goes for me. And kind of operating email by email with ownership and with, man- you know, all kind of from the hockey ops side to the marketing side to a little bit of everything now. And I know a lot of our team is at home, too. And so it, it's – definitely interesting to try and keep communication up and and at the same time like I'm not a guy that can sit still like I don't like sitting still at all even if I'm at the office I got to get up and walk around so to be confined to my living spaces is not easy to say the least but uh, no I appreciate it I know I wish we wish it could be under better circumstances especially this time like you know you're talking about you know beginning of April playoff push and all that good stuff and all the stingrays I keep in close tabs with you guys I know I haven't been there in a while but I keep up with you and you guys are having another amazing year to, to have it all just come to an end like that uh it stings but you know what like there's there's a lot of big things going on in the world so it's kind of like all right well let's take care of that and oh yeah we got hockey to talk about too so it's uh great to catch up with you pal yeah and the last time uh, you were 
with the Stingrays. You left the team in, in August of 2015. Take us through what your career has been like, obviously, in Ontario, now out in, in Rockford, so a completely different market than what you left for in, in that L.A. area. But kind of take us through, bring, bring the fans up to speed with, with how the last couple of years have been and what your career has been like over the last couple of years. I know. I pretty, all I got to do is cover New England and the Pacific Northwest, and I think I got the country covered for the most <laughs> part. But, uh, but uh, yeah, as of right now, I mean, I was given an out, incredible opportunity, and I, you know, kind of waited for that right opportunity to come by uh, as I was with the South Carolina Stingrays. But, you know, right after that Kelly Cup finals run, it was a pretty short summer for me. I mean, that was one of the, you know, several finals runs for the Stingrays that year. And, and I remember, uh, you know, vividly only a couple days after you know, those finals in Allen, America, and, or Allen, Texas against the Americans, you know, got a phone call from from Darren Abbott, another Stingrays connection there. And, you know, I know he had been with Manchester a few times and I kept up with him, but I know he was heading West to help start up with a lot of the Westward teams that are now out there now. And, so I was like, well, you know what, let's, let's give it a try. And I know, you know, Los Angeles and, you know, Ontario, California, it's, it's a different way of living. It's a more expensive way of living. That's for darn sure. But, uh, you know, I was, you know what, like, this is my chance. This is an opportunity. Let's take a risk. I'd been at that time with South Carolina for, you know, six outstanding seasons, you know, pretty well integrated and knew the community well, but I knew what the, the, the main goal for myself was, was to advance in my career at the end of the day. So that's where I ended up going for two and a half seasons. And it was, you know, it was interesting too, because it was starting a team from the ground up so you know everything that i learned from south carolina whether it was communications broadcasting sure but then you had to dive into some marketing you had to dive into some corporate stuff you had to dive into you know basically what it took to to get off the ground and going i know they had an echl team there were some carryovers from staff there but outside of that i mean it was all pretty fresh and new and and you had to kind of re-educate fan bases that were so used to having you know echl hockey and and you know that kind of mentality going into a new season that hey like no we're one step away from the big time and you know here's why here's a list of reasons why you should come out and, and hang out with us and so that was kind of fun because you got to put your thumbprint on it you got to be you know a part of logo unveilings and, and essentially the first for all different kinds of community programs and initiatives and broadcasting programs and you know all that fun stuff so i can kind of take that with me you know i was the first to do x y or z or launch this this or that or help out with this or that so i mean that was pretty cool but yeah, that I was out there for two and a half, you know, years. Made a lot of great friendships out there, especially in the community too. Like, there's people that I still talk to on a daily basis, you know. And thanks to, at times like this, social media and everything, you know, checking in with how everybody's doing and and uh, and feeling. It's it's been a blessing in that regard. So had a good time there. Unfortunately, uh, you know, being in Los Angeles, I and mean, it's tough to get you know media attention, and it's tough to get you know broadcast attention when. You're in a, a gigantic, you know, gargantuous market that is Los Angeles, California. It's like trying to start up, you know, in the heart of New York City. And so when they made a change with, with the broadcast and that they were no longer going to be doing it or they're going to be limiting it to just, you know, home games and things like that, they kind of angled me more towards the marketing side, which I had a lot of background with. Again, you know, touching back with my experiences with, you know, Rob Cannon and, and the South Carolina Stingrays, I, I learned a lot of that stuff. Uh, just because of, you know, changeover within that organization, Rob and I learning together with him coming in as the president for the first time. So 
I kind of leaned on those experiences and, and, uh, lo and behold, you know, another former colleague of mine, he used to be with the Orlando solar bears. He used to be with the Gwinnett gladiators. Now Atlanta gladiators. Uh, he was leaving his position here in Rockford. He was, you know, wanted to tend to some family issues and, and, uh, and be closer to his family. So he was like, well, I'm leaving. Do you want to get back in the broadcast booth? And I was like, well, that's, you know, it's a possibility, but like, I mean, I was still paying off all my credit cards from being maxed out for a cross country, <laughs> cross country move from Charleston, South Carolina to Los Angeles, California. So I was like, well, like, I really don't have a lot to play with. Like, I love the idea. I would love to broadcast games. Like I find myself biting my tongue more often than not when, you know, it comes to being in a game environment, but I don't know, you know, and, and, but the, you know, the, the stars aligned, I had a chance to talk, you know, with Bob Mills, uh, who was here before me. And then Mike Peck, who was another former broadcaster termed upper management with the ice dogs and Blackhawks. And, and uh, I, had, I had known him from my internship days, with the Houston arrows. So, I mean, it all kind of comes full circle weirdly enough and and they and i kind of said i was like here's what i'm thinking here are my concerns and and here's you know what it would have to take to to try and get it going not just and you know just because i want to be in the broadcast but but just physically like i mean i had you know not a dime to my name and really anything like that and and uh and thankfully they all took care of me or at least gave me the tools to be you know taken care of and and uh the rest is history there and that happened what christmas of 2017 just before or yeah 2016 just before 2017 and joined the team right before what would turn out to be a pretty nice playoff push there and and uh yeah i've been here ever since so it, it's been definitely interesting I, i've learned a lot about myself as as a broadcaster as a communications guy as a social media manager as a marketing you know guy i guess you could say and, and and trying to dip my toes into that even though i'm not like the, the the main point of any of those positions other than the broadcasting communication spot but uh i also learned a lot about myself too i mean it's just you know what could i handle how could i how could i adjust on the fly what did i think i were my strong suits as a personality and so on and so forth so uh that's where i've been but i mean it all the foundation was created with uh with rob Cannon and everybody with the stingrays and getting to know Zach fish who came in right after me. And then now getting to hang out and, and chat with yourself too. I mean, it seems like we all have a lot in common. We're all learning a lot of those same skills that are, that are helping carry us through, uh, especially now when it's a difficult time and you want to be talking hockey, you want to be talking, but at the same time, you know, you got to be, uh, you know, one with the community and, and keep communicating with everybody and, and showing that uh, everybody's on the same page. So but that's what I've been up to. Uh, I don't know. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great, I mean, honestly, it is, it is showcasing, you know, how, someone in in our business can can go from one place to another and how different those places are like you mentioned you know going from from a city like Los Angeles and and the craziness that's going on there and then you get to Rockford at one of those markets that's been around the American Hockey League for so long and such a, a an affiliation that's gone for so long with Chicago too I'm sure there's a lot of things even moving from one AHL team to another where things are different organizations do things differently and you've got that background but you still have to get kind of emerged in and immerse yourself into what the ice hogs and the Blackhawks organizations are doing and, and how they run things there. 1000%. And, and, you know, and with my experience and, you know, with, with working with like the capitals and the bears along with the stingrays, you know, they, they had one set of, of, not rules, but one set of procedures of how to handle different scenarios. And then you go to Los Angeles where it's completely different. It's completely turned, you know, and then you found yourself trying to, you know, break out of, of a groove, if you will, of how you handle things, you know, you know, press releases are written like this. It's written like that. You distribute it this way, not that way. And then, you know, for broadcast, you got to make sure that you include X, Y, and Z. Well, over here, I only did A, B, and C. And, you know, so it was a total meshing of, of and, and, and flipping around. But at the same time, I mean, it, it was fun to learn just because I knew like I had to learn 
learn and it would be valuable later down the line. And it's experience gained of like, okay, like maybe they do something that they do really well. And it reaches out that maybe like, Oh, maybe I could have done that with the stingrays or maybe I could do that with my next position. And then even now with the ice hogs, I'm digging up old, you know, procedures and manuals and, and things of how I handled thing it, you know, everything in California from, communication with fans to working out hockey operations procedures with you know what i did with the los angeles kings now it's chicago blackhawks so it is kind of interesting because it's all different and each team it's not one set way across the board and uh to kind of take that and take the best of what i've learned so far from three different organizations has been uh, really fun and at the same time you look back to and you see some things that are just like i probably could have been a little bit better in this area too so it's uh it's it's been a learning process but uh I mean, now, thankfully, and I, I think I am an outrageously lucky to look back and be like, yeah, I've done this, you know, internship included now almost over, you know, 11 seasons going on 12 seasons to have that experience to rely on. And then, you know, use that to move forward and evolve moving forward is certainly uh, exciting to me. And I know I'm incredibly lucky to do it. What's it been like? around the organization some coaching changes uh from the top down trying to kind of establish a new culture and you guys obviously well documented you know Joel Quenville leaves Chicago and that kind of shook up the entire coaching staff what's it been like getting used to some new people and trying to to establish a a new coach culture with a new staff over the last couple years that was a wild and crazy November morning. I'll tell you that much with, I mean, cause they announced the, uh, the coaching change with the ice hogs head coach and Jeremy Colden moving to go to Chicago, Joel Quinville, who led the Blackhawks to all those Stanley cups, those three over a short span of time. I mean, you know, you're talking about really changing the face and, and direction and, and, uh, and viewpoints of the team and the organization overall. And, and then for us here in Rockford, I mean, it happened so early that morning that, I mean, our fan base here in town in the state line area, they knew, Jeremy really well. He had been with the organization now a couple of seasons, helped them to a great playoff run the year before. So there was, you know, tremendous media coverage and B-roll footage and news articles and everything like that about Jeremy and this young gun coach, the youngest in, you know, all these different rankings and records of, of being able to accomplish all these things. And, and uh, not only on a team standpoint, but just in, in the community. So to take that and try and blow up that messaging on a grander scale was, was certainly a big challenge too, because with the Blackhawks, I mean, they had Jeremy in for you know, development camps, training camps. They were working with them side by side. And of course, Rockford's only a stone's throw away from Chicago. So you had a lot of Blackhawks presence in Rockford on a daily basis, if not nightly basis for games too. So to have that really try and educate now a Chicago Blackhawks fan base on, on who this guy is and, and how he likes to run things and who he is as a person and how he gets involved with, with his team and his community was a great challenge. And, and for us in Rockford, I mean, as an organization, we took tremendous pride in that. I mean, it, it had been a little while you see players come up and down all the time and you see transactions here and there of this guy making his, you know, NHL debut or becoming, you know, player X to, to go from Rockford to Chicago, which is really exciting and, and something that we definitely take pride in, but to have like a coach and, and take that, you know, more than just coaching style, but just that mentality of, you know, now we're turning the page on this new, uh, new dawn of Chicago Blackhawks hockey. It was exciting it made for a lot of it made for an early morning again they announced it like i think it was like 8 a.m and we heard uh the news break uh, with a quick press release and you know all of a sudden everything kind of went out pretty quickly and i actually similar to what you guys do with the with the wildling coaches show that monday i was supposed to have jeremy called it on for the coaches show and it was like two seconds before 
the show even started and Jeremy sent me a text saying, Hey man, sorry, I can't make it. I'm, you know, here, you know, Derek King, our then assistant coach, now head coach. He's like, I'm sending Derek. Like, I hope everything's okay. Now for me, I thought Jeremy just had a baby the day before or a couple of days before. So I was like, okay, like he's got to be home with his family. I totally get it. Like, and I kind of teased him a little bit. I was like, all right, but you owe me a coach's show. (laughs) And then, uh, and then uh, obviously the news broke that Tuesday morning of, of him going to Chicago. And even now, every now and again, like when I see him in a media scrum and everything's like real button up and, you know, X, Y, and Z about the Blackhawks. I'll still, you know, if I see him in the corner, I'll be hanging out in the background and I'll remind him that he still owes me a coach's show. So, Absolutely. but, uh, <laughs> I was like, you got to hold him to If If it's, and I probably lead with that conversation more often than not, probably more than I should, but <laughs> it keeps, keeps it going. But, uh, no, I mean, it was definitely a challenge, but an exciting one too. And it was fun because I mean, I had only worked with Jeremy a lot shorter than a lot of the organization. Cause again, I came in like the Christmas prior mm-hmm. and the holiday season and then the playoffs. So I only got to know him a little bit, but there's a lot of things that he and I really got along with. And we had a lot of similar personality styles and, and, and how we like to be, you know, whether it was from a hockey standpoint, but then we also, you know, the hobbies that we had off the ice also. So it was, it was, it was fun. It was, it was a kind of a prideful moment to see him get that opportunity. And, and yeah, add that to the list of, you know, 7 a.m. phone calls, rush out of bed and, and get your act together because you got a coach making his way to the National Hockey League. Yeah, that's got to be exciting. Obviously, uh, we know about that kind of thing. Movement uh, happens quickly, and, and those early morning uh, press releases sometimes not always the, the, the fun most fun thing to wake up to that kind of a call, but uh, that's kind of what it's about a little bit when you get that news breaking and, and uh, it gets you excited. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, adrenaline on those. Oh, 100%. I mean, I, even with the stingrays, like I remember when Kale McLean moved on and, you know, it was, I came in right at, after Jared Bednar's time with the stingrays, it was right after that 09 Kelly cup championship. So I got to know Jared a little bit before he took off and then Kale stepped in. And then after Kale, it was Spencer who's now with Hershey. And then after Spencer, you know, bringing in Ryan Warsawski as an assistant. So yeah, I, I can definitely understand, but it was a lot of the same thing of just like, okay, like, introducing this guy to your community and you know at sometimes it's a guy that people already know pretty well it's just kind of bolstering that up a little bit more but uh yeah it was it kept it keeps me on my toes i'll say that well you mentioned you still follow the stingray still keeping in uh tabs on where the team is uh in the echl standings and uh you know was curious to to i'm sure the the run that you guys had before you left uh, in 2015, I'm sure that still stands out pretty good in your memory. What are some of the other things you, you think about uh, from your time in South Carolina that, that stand out, some good memories uh, that, that kind of stick out to you? You know what? Like I was blessed with so many amazing memories. And Scott Ford, who was a part of that team, the, the 14-15 team, as a veteran defenseman that it was one of his you know last few playing playing seasons for him he's now an assistant coach with milwaukee and at you know media meals or little we, we cross paths with milwaukee very similar to what the stingrays do with greenville or orlando or florida like it's pretty often so every time i see him like we instantly start talking about the you know, 23 game winning streak that the stingrays went on that year setting all kinds of different records jeff Takaitis and goal was you know shutting out everybody and setting new records there not allowing goals and then you got the playoff run itself with uh, you know the first round thriller over redding and then you got the east Eastern Conference Finals uh, Game Seven Triple Overtime <laughs> with uh, Joe Devin grabbing that overtime winner. That still is a highlight that uh, I absolutely love looking back on. And if you listen, if you listen closely, there's a there's a guy that like cheers. There's a voice in the background that cheers 
All I'm going to say is ask Rob Kincannon who that guy is, (laughs) and he might tell you who that is. But like, it just kind of shows the magnitude of how big those games were and and things like that. So, uh, no, and those were just some of the amazing memories. I mean, I was privileged to call kind of a a fun Stingrays moment was, you know, Nate Kaiser setting the all-time Pelly Minutes record and doing it in galactic style with the Senrise fight against Greenville's TJ Reynolds, who was another heavyweight in the ECHL and kind of a bygone era of hockey now, but to to be able to, to call that on the ice at North Charleston Coliseum and and witness that kind of history and how much that meant to Nate, who, you know, that was a big part of his game and something he took a lot of pride in. And obviously he, he did really well at it, went on to become an MMA fighter and everything like that. But uh, those are just some of the, the, the couple of on-ice memories that I remember quite well. And, and there's a lot of off-ice stuff too. And But uh, I think if I had to really rank a lot of those moments, I mean, the, the Game 7s, Reading, Toledo, the finals, Nate Kaiser's scrap, and, and numerous other goals and games those were those are some special moments i'm not sure you know i don't follow the the rockford schedule too tight but i'm assuming that over the last couple of years maybe you guys have seen charlotte have you have you crossed paths with ryan Rosowski uh as of late and, and seen the charlotte checkers at all so funny thing with that is as when charlotte played the chicago wolves in the finals the other year um, they had the final game, game, uh, game five was in Rosemont, Illinois, which was maybe 45 minutes away. So right. myself and a couple of the, the staff and coaches were like, you know what? Like by that time, uh, the ice dogs were, were out of it. So it was like, you know what, let's go down there. Let's, you know, check it out and we'll see what, uh, there is to see and everything. And I saw him behind the bench. We were actually sitting right behind the bench. Oh, wow. So it was in Chicago. So when they had won, you know, it was kind of a interesting atmosphere of, you know, disappointed fan bases, but yet still applause for the winning team and the fans that traveled and, you know, just the appreciation of really good hockey, especially with how that game ended with, you know, the comeback effort by the wolves and then Charlotte just able to hang on and, and grab the victory there with a couple of empty net tallies i go down there and and uh you know the, the arena is kind of quiet like it's not eerily quiet but just quiet enough to where you know you can make out different sounds and stuff so i shot down to the glass and kind of threw an elbow into the glass and banged on it and i just saw ryan like hesitantly turning around thinking like who's this fan that's you know giving me a hard time and i just waved and you know said congratulations to him and I, that was the only time i've been able to really catch up with him unfortunately is is uh, the Ice Dogs don't really play, or really the Central Division doesn't really play the the checkers at all. So just to get that moment with him, and it was a special moment, and, and get two seconds to say, hey, congratulations, before uh, his party really got started was uh, was pretty <laughs> special to see him. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. And uh, the other the other guy who obviously you worked a, a lot with over the years was Spencer Carberry, who is also in the American Hockey League, uh, obviously a, a trend here. A lot of guys that, that uh, you were with in South Carolina that are scattered across the AHL now, but uh, another guy who I know you had a, a really tight, good relationship with and uh, who's had a lot of success, obviously, as we know, with Hershey as well. What's your relationship been like with him, and, and how often do you guys stay in touch? I wish I got to talk to him more, to be honest with you. And then not this season, but the season before the ice dogs were, you know, lucky enough to play Hershey twice, one in Rockford, once in Hershey. And, but every time, like I made sure that, you know, after morning skate, if he had time for lunch, if we got in at a decent hour, we'd catch up and catch up with his wife and his kids and, and just kind of touch base. And, and, and naturally we'd start telling old South Carolina stingrays stories because my first year going into the stingrays was one of his last year's, 
playing. And right. then he would move behind the bench, join Kale as an assistant, and then, you know, moved on to his junior career with, with uh, the spirit and then going up to Providence and then, you know, circumnavigating and then coming back around to, to be named with, with Hershey. So, I mean, I know he had kind of a whirlwind experience too, trying to climb up the ranks in his coaching career. So to catch up with him and he always says my name in a very specific way. And I wish I could get his dialect down, but you know, Joseph Zakshesky, how are you? And he just, so I, and I know it the second, I don't even have to, to see him to know that it's Spencer Carberry and, and uh, yeah, so it's, it's great to catch up with him and, and I'll shoot him a note every now and again, I'll shoot Zach and even Patrick Weller. Um, I know sure. my time with him was very brief because he again was coming off the 09 team and, and moving on with his career and, and, you know, had a long career with Hershey and around the American hockey league and, and helping out players develop their games. So it's great to catch up with him too. And I think uh, even in the ice Hawks staff and even out in Ontario, like I'd make mention like, Oh, like former stingray, former sting, former stingray over there, former, you know, especially when it comes like when Braden Holpe and the Capitals had that tremendous run uh, for the Stanley cup and the other day, you know, I'm always reminding, I was like, Oh, like no former Hershey bear. Yeah. Yeah, that's well and good but that guy's a former south carolina stingray i'll tell you what so so it's uh, but as far as spencer i wish i got to catch up with him more i know he's incredibly busy and doing amazing things with that organization and it's fun to see and and uh, usually around the holidays i'll you know shoot him a quick little note and if he has a chance to you know call that's great but uh, it's, it's nice to, to keep in touch with guys that were a part of that foundation uh, of your career and got to spend so much time with absolutely and uh over the last couple weeks you guys have been on pause, uh, like the NHL, and you know, kind of a weird time. You know, you, you finish uh, to what you've done to this point, 62 points, tied for fourth place uh, in the Central Division. So the, the team is kind of in the middle of things, but it's paused and it's kind of this uncertain time. You don't know when, when you might get a chance to, to resume, what's going to happen with, with the season, what's that been like around the organization, what have the players been, been trying to do, and, and how weird has this been for you? I'm sure something you've never experienced, obviously, uh, in your career. No, it, it, it's a first. I think it's a lifetime first just, I mean, as a country, let alone as, you know, the American Hockey League or ECHL or National Hockey League to have something like this. And you see articles about like, you know, well, when this, you know, disagreement or a labor strike happened, you know, this is how X, Y and Z went down. But it just seems to have a, a different feel. It's because, I mean, maybe it's just. You know, you might have a nice day outside and then you're starting to wonder like, oh, it's nice outside in Charleston. Usually when I have to hunker down, it's because a hurricane or something like that's blowing through, not because, you know, there's a, a pandemic running through the country. So it's definitely a, an interesting feeling. But for us, I think those first couple of weeks we were we were shocked. And again, I kind of go back to a coach like we had coaches shows and, and player appearances and everything that. I was trying to help organize and all of a sudden it all came to a screeching halt. It was like, okay, well let's kind of keep an eye on this and see what's happening. And then as you know, one week turned into another, it was, well, maybe, maybe we'll play in front of an empty building. Well, that didn't quite happen. Now we're not going to play at all. So it's like, okay, well the season's still suspended technically, but as you know, weeks turn into now a month and going into another month of, of the work from home order, it's, it's kind of curious to see, well, if we do play hockey, is it going to be basically, a summer style tournament for a championship of some sort and then take another break and then try and start maybe an abbreviated season. I don't know. So it's, it's unique. And I know there's different, you know, probably battle plans put in place across the board for everything. And for the American hockey league, they're definitely going to be in lockstep with the national hockey league. Just, you know, by the lone fact that you have a lot of players, like half your team, if not 90% of your team is all on NHL contracts. So if the NHL club isn't going to let their NHL players play, like, what are you going to do? So 
it'll kind of make for an interesting situation. But as far as the ice dogs go now, it's just a matter of, of supporting our, our local community. And I know you guys are doing a lot of the same thing. I mean, there's a lot of great people in this town and three major hospitals all in the state line that not only serve Rockford, but even like some of the outside suburbs of Chicago, some of the lower portions of Madison, Wisconsin, we're kind of in that right in the middle spot where you have a lot of big cities and a lot of people surrounding you. And I know these hospitals are starting to really feel the effect of, of that. And I have a lot of friends and a lot of our season ticket members and, and uh, supporters work in those hospitals. So for us as an organization, now we've turned our focus away from the hockey aspect, you know, that'll get sorted out in time and we'll, we'll figure it out from there, but it's a matter of how can we support everybody that's, that's been supporting us and as the ice hogs for so many, so many seasons. And so that's kind of the mindset now. And, and hopefully things will make its way into a more positive step, but to, to be behind everybody that's been behind us for so many years is, is going to be the biggest key for the ice hogs. And I know for a lot of teams across the board now moving forward. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, that's exactly like you said, what, what we've been trying to do is, is try to make sure we're supporting everybody, but kind of staying out of the way and let, let them try to try to do what they need to do to keep everybody healthy. And, uh, you know, as far as as far as your team, uh, did most of your players go home or do you guys have anyone who's maybe uh, stuck in that Rockford area, maybe an international player that wasn't able to get out of the country? How, how are all your players and and everybody uh, around that team? I think a lot of them were able to get out of town just in time before, uh, you know, travel restrictions were put into place and, and everything like that. But I mean, this is a Rockford Ice Sox team. that's probably been a more international team that I've ever experienced. A lot of guys from Finland, from Sweden, from Switzerland, from Russia. And then you got everybody from all across Canada and the United States too. So when that order was, you know, that, was lifted for teams that not have to stay so close to their home base and, and be able to go home and self quarantine there. Uh, everybody got out in time. So that was certainly a, a nice blessing for them to be able to at least spend time with their friends and family and not have to be, you know, so far away and relying on Skype sessions and phone calls and FaceTime sessions to, to keep in touch. As far as everybody in town, the front office is still here. The coaching staff is still here. Um, everybody with the Blackhawks, the upper ranks, they're all still in town too. So everybody's just kind of hanging tight and hunkering down and waiting to see what happens. But uh, yeah, if there is a season, I know at least from the ice hockey standpoint to get all those players back from overseas, especially to come back into town in the state line area is going to be a, a challenge in and of itself. So I feel bad for the team services gentlemen that's <laughs> going to have to try and find those flights and figure out how to get those players back in town. So it's going to be interesting, but uh, luckily everybody was able to head back home to their hometowns. Well, Joey, we appreciate you giving us some of your time. Uh, obviously, uh, we wish we, that you guys were in the middle of that playoff race and you didn't have some of these issues that, that, every, that everybody's having right now. But uh, great to catch up with you. I'm sure for some of the fans out there who haven't heard your voice in a while, it was nice for them to <laughs> kind of flash back to some of those uh, older games and, and some of those years that you were calling games for the team. I know everyone uh, speaks really highly of you. So uh, I hope that you guys stay safe and uh, we appreciate you giving us a, a little bit of time here on the Pucktown Podcast. Well, Jared, I cannot thank you enough for thinking of me and, and having me on. And I know times are tough, but it's just great to, to think back to all those amazing times shared in South Carolina and around the ECHL with the, with the organization. And I know everybody, you know, from, you know, John Williams and DJ Church, the, the, you know, the equipment staff and training staff to Rob to, you know, there's so many people, Andrew Miller, who I know is, is with you by your side. <laughs> uh, still love checking in and, and giving him a hard time whenever I can. And, and uh, lacing up the skates even at the Carolina Ice Palace and having some fun with everybody out there too. So I, I miss Charleston desperately. I, I hope to at some point in time 
come back out there. Who knows? I mean, I keep crossing the country. It might be in the future to be close by. So you never know. So, but I, I'm thinking of everybody out there, everybody, please stay safe and uh, know that uh, I cherish my time there. I love all of you and uh, look forward to hopefully catching up again soon. Thanks again to Joey for all of his time that he gave us today on the Pucktown podcast. Uh, a guy who is, I know, counting down the days, hopefully when he can get a day that, that hockey begins, such a, a guy who loves the sport of hockey, and you could tell when you know he was talking about the relationships and those years that he was here with the Stingrays, he really enjoyed being part of everything that this team offered him, and always great to talk with some of those former voices and hear some of those old moments from their perspective. Got a bunch more guests lined up, so we are definitely looking forward to more episodes soon here of the podcast. Again, want to hear from everybody. Give us some feedback on how things are going. Give me some suggestions on who you want to hear from next. And, of course, you know, we're a little early in the off season, being that, you know, the season ended a little earlier than, than everyone expected. But coming days, coming weeks, coming months, we will have the beginnings of the 2021 season. Obviously, schedule still being made for next year, trying to take into account you know, all the different things that goes into a schedule. The team is starting to turn the page and look into what we need to do from a promotional perspective, what some of the things that we need to get better at, and, and really from a front office perspective, take this extra time and try to make our production that much better going into next season. I know a lot of you guys who are, who are season ticket holders or who are fans that come to a lot of games – filled out a survey last week we thank all of you guys for your time and your feedback and I know that we're at the front office going to go through a lot of that feedback and definitely try to incorporate as much of it as we possibly can moving forward we really value the time and effort that you guys put into that as well that's it for this edition of the Pucktown Podcast. Thanks again to Joey Z joining me as my guest this week. We've got more for you next week. Until then, have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we will talk to you all soon.